Homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. Warmest wishes for the new year everybody and we are continuing to listen to the insights that we have received from Kalyanamittas, our good friends from all across the world. As the Buddha says, this entire spiritual life is about good friendship, good companionship, good comradeship. And as we've listened to some of those insights in the past, we know that there is much that we can learn from our good friends. And this is no different in this particular installment. We have received insights and comments from Kalyanamitta, good friends from all pockets of the world. And some are as young as 17 or 18 and as high as in their 80s. So we have a whole spectrum of insights and lessons from spiritual practice of all ages. So again, listen with an open mind and reflect on the goodness of these beings who have shared their insights. And may it help all of us to grow and develop on the Buddha's noble path. It is fascinating how establishing the mind on right view leads to right thought, right speech and right actions. It's also quite evident that the hardest thing to do is also to establish your mind on the right view. When mind wanders around, planning for worldly gains to recreate the pleasant feeling that just died away, there is a sense of permanency that you can keep some satisfaction flowing. Sooner or later, very often sooner than later, there is sadness regardless if you were successful in recreating it or not. That's how long a feeling lasts for. It's like a never-ending game. You scored a goal and won the game, but before you know it, there's another game you have to play. Wrong view is like a chronic disease, clouding our minds by ignoring and disregarding consequences, making us play the game again and again. With guidance, finding out you can extract the Buddha's instructions from a sutta and then meditating on the inside pathway, I've experienced for myself what the Buddha has taught us. There are important lessons I learned last year. I've reduced and am trying my best not to gossip. Sampapalapa. I have very little responsibilities now, so I have a lot of time for meditation and to get involved in Dhamma practice. And I appreciate that peaceful time I have got. And I don't want to waste the precious time as I'm getting really old and getting closer to death. I try to practice Yonisomanisikara, so this is the wise contemplation, very much. To me, the most important insight is the realizing and accepting of right view as precursor for the Noble Eightfold Path. It helped me to clear my doubt and allowed me to wisely choose the advice from other Kalyanamitta with regards to the practice and understanding of the path. 
One of the big impacts is the knowledge pathways, as described in the Sutta. And the one that clears the blockage in my mind is the Vatupama Sutta. Starting from this point, my understanding of Dhamma grew and enabled me to connect the main teachings of the Buddha, which are the Four Noble Truths, Kamma and Paticca Samuppada. So that's dependent origination. My mind felt more calm and allowed me to watch my mind more, especially the guidance on the Four Nutriments. It helped me to understand and explain the First Noble Truth and have a glimpse of how to abandon the Second Noble Truth. Kamma. The biggest insight from last year was about Kamma. Going against what I believed and had been taught before and focusing on the Buddha's teachings on Kamma and realizing I didn't have the right view, it's been a huge shift. Recovering from COVID, there was a lot of body dukkha. I was trying to meditate on the dukkha most of the time. I like to share this. I was contemplating how we traveled from womb to womb for eons and eons without listening to Tathagata Dhamma. How much that contemplation helped. I'm so grateful for having had the opportunity to hear it in this lifetime. The metta meditation seeped deep into me in a very profound manner. I fervently feel this was my spiritual gain in 2021. I became conscious of my verbal, bodily and mental deeds, which were meticulously guarded. And thus I became aware of my thoughts when I was engaged in my daily chores at home. I feel the setting in lockdown also contributed to more sessions of Dhamma, which bore more fruit. Such spiritual development culminated with the Girimananda Sutta, fine-tuned with the breath meditation, a beautiful, uplifting experience for me. I truly felt my steep climb on the mountain ended with a breathtaking view, which is a moment that passes by. I have also become conscious of the dangers, gain, pride, hypocrisy, that are brought about by handling money. However, such a mindset has also brought about much confusion, frustration and spiritual doubt too. I've presently reached a stage where I'm contesting Sakaya Ditti. This is the personal existence view. Summing up, I should say, lay life has become free of frivolous thoughts and behavior, avoiding talk about a third party, even with my husband. I recognize the highly intoxicating sensual pleasures as detrimental to the Dhamma practice.
Noticing how the practice grows when you have effort and how it can stagnate when you let the guard down and allow the things of the world to take priority. Observing impermanence in all formations, seeing through personal experience how quickly death can come, but also how strong adherences and tendencies can allure you back into forgetting about Anicca, the unlastingness. Being honest about this, seeing the danger in this, and putting more effort into Dhamma practice. Dhamma can be very overwhelming at times, but I've learned not to look back on what I have not accomplished and keep moving forward. The most significant insight I have gained is that I have to work on my own self and to look to the Vatupama Sutta for guidance. I need to clean my own mental stains before I can truly grasp the Dhamma and move forward. And I must do that with courage and determination, even if it means I am studying the Vatupama Sutta and practicing in daily life for many months to come. I also realize that I need to be consciously mindful on a daily basis to bring more peace and harmony to my daily life. I'm grateful to have gotten the opportunity and exposure to associate more closely with Dhamma and like-minded friends and build new mind-nourishing relationships. The most insightful takeaway for me was experiencing with more clarity and understanding anatta, non-self or not me and mine. I'm beginning to realize that much of the anxiety and stress dwelling over trying to control what is beyond my reach brings much dukkha and potentially avoidable worry. But trying to view this all tangled up in a net of ego is like traveling through thick fog. Self-centric expectations for what some things should be, rather than accepting them for what they are, is the manifestation of tanha or craving, and the embodiment of me, myself and I. I began to see this even in the relationships I have in my life. Surely there is an inclination to fulfill the duties and responsibilities we have towards our families and communities, but oftentimes we try to make love an extension of this very ego. We tend to forget that we live in a world where we cannot even control nor own our own bodies. They are aging and ever-changing. Then how can we so-called own another person, control how they feel about us, or expect them to be what we want them to be? These become increasingly evident when dealing with the pandemic and lockdown, and lifelong worthy lessons.
The insight and blessing of realizing the danger of conceit in spiritual practice. Without giving the specifics, something significant happened last year to almost take me out of conducive conditions for Dhamma practice. I got taken in by ideas or advice from wrong company, Papamitta, and I thought my practice was strong enough to withstand the material world. But it wasn't the case. So my most important insight was about having more humility and being much more cautious around wrong ideas and wrong company that can put spiritual practice in jeopardy. In the past years, I structured my life in a way that I understand is sustainable, in the sense that the effort required on my part is not hurting me and leaves me with time for spiritual development. I am in good relations with the people I deal with, family, friends, work. Having set up this structure that provides a sense of comfort and safety, it still does not provide a solution to the existential problem. The way I see it, it's more of a pleasant distraction. That's why I would say the most important insight was definitely understanding the unsatisfactory nature of pleasure of the senses. I know there is more understanding to be developed, but it's been enough for me to put some faith in the teaching and practice restraint, which has clearly helped develop insight and mindfulness further, to the point where I see that this way of life is becoming an obstacle on the path, and these things have to be let go of. Not out of faith, but by seeing how engaging with these things on this level prevents the mind from developing further. Mindfulness in the sense of being aware of intentions, motivations behind actions, and seeing the unsatisfactory nature of pleasure also make restraint much easier, which in turn helps develop mindfulness and insight. I have realized that achieving Magapala, this is path and fruit, is possible with virya, energy or effort, and guidance of our Kalyanamittas, our good friends. And now it's your turn. Again, if you haven't already, ask your spiritual friends, your companions in the spiritual path, what was the most important insight from their spiritual practice last year? And if any of you would like to share, please do continue to send. I'm quite happy to share these with our wider audience on this channel. Bohoma Ping, much merit in sharing your insights in this session. By sharing, may your path be easeful and may it continue to grow in the coming year. Much mudita and joy in listening to all of your insights. We can share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from suffering. Blessings of the Triple Gem, wishing you well, Beruan Saranayin.